Stampod Productions. I'm Sam Bennett, uh, ride for Bora Hansgrohe, and you're listening to On Your Bike. Hello and welcome to On Your Bike. We are moments away from the start at stage three of the Tour of Britain. I'm Sandy Ridgebadgela. Uh, I'm alongside on a roundabout uh, with Harriet Muckle. This roundabout is one of the most beautiful roundabouts I've ever seen. Uh, and uh, on, a, on a beautiful site just to our right, we can see a multicolour of all the riders ready to go. And backward as well uh, is Katie Madrick. Hello. Hi guys, so good to be back. Enjoyed the episode yesterday. How are you guys doing? Well, we've had a bit of a... In fact, Harriet, let's keep walking around. So the, the race, Harriet got stuck in traffic um, and we have just been speaking to everyone before the race. Um, so we'll hear from them in a moment and on their feelings. We just grabbed Wout Van Aert and uh, <laughs> we have had to, therefore, record quite quite late, but we are... In a pretty decent position, there's, there's a crowd, four or five deep. We're, we're back with the push chairs, but uh, they are about to start. Uh, here we go, Harriet. Wow. Four, three, two, one. And away we go. East. Yorkshire stage. getting underway. Make plenty of noise. Ring those as the race heads out here from the centre of ball. Well, I tell you what, Ghoul High Street has never looked so good. It's just packed. Everybody is just—you can't even get down the street. There's honestly about how many people? How many people would you say? I mean, there's, there's at least yeah, yeah, maybe about a thousand, maybe if you're getting all the way down. Um, and yeah, they've got all—you know—it's beautiful, sunny skies. There's no clouds in the sky whatsoever. Um, we've got the union flag bunting all going along. The support cars and the team cars are just whizzing through now. Um, and yeah, we can just see all the bikes coming through. Ineos Grenadiers ahead of Jumbo Visma in the in the convoy there. I, I think a, you a can sign. tell that Yorkshire is one of the homes of cycling in the UK because the fans. Wow. I mean, I thought there was a lot of fans the other day, yesterday and the day before, but seriously, it's packed. Yeah, it's funny because it, it, it's packed, but the, the signing area for a long time was quite quiet. And all of a sudden, it got very, very busy. Uh, and before you knew it, we were talking to uh, Wout Van Aert. So, in fact, let's catch up with the man who's been leading out the lead at Olav Koy. And this is what he said to us uh, just before he got underway. Well, I'm, I'm a father of two. Have you discovered how mad it is having two kids rather than one? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's just a different world, isn't it? It's absolutely insane. How are you, how are you managing to balance family life and, and being on the tour? Uh, yeah, of course. I have to thank uh, my wife for that to, uh, to take uh, most of, of my shoulders. Balancing it was, uh, was definitely not easy, especially at the timing uh, Sharon was born was, uh, was quite tough. But yeah, we... We've been through a lot already since since my career started. So uh, yeah, she's she's doing well and uh, she's taking care of, of my two sons. Olaf yeah, Koy, uh, um, he surely cannot believe his luck that he's got you riding him out. I mean, he's he's we saw at Manchester you actually celebrating just before he managed to get his arm in the air. It's a, it's a really team effort here. Yeah, well, it's definitely a team effort. It's it's really a pleasure to deliver him like that and. Uh, Awesome that it worked out like that, especially because uh, it's not as easy as it seems. Um, You're making yeah. it look easy. Yeah, maybe, uh, but uh, yeah, it's definitely harder than, than it is, and uh, especially controlling the race will, will be 
difficult, more difficult day by day because I think uh, yeah, everybody will look to us more and more. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can still manage to do that and. Uh, and try to uh, add some victories. So we managed to speak to the man himself, Wout Van Aert, which was just amazing. Now, he's pretty chilled about it, isn't he? He was like, yeah, well, we're going to do the same again today. And do you think Olaf Koy could make it a hat-trick, Katie? I mean, we are literally looking at a case of deja vu with this race. Um, obviously, it's, it's kind of exciting to see the top riders competing in Britain but there has been a bit of frustration expressed online about how repetitive it is but it's purely because we've got two of the best sprinters in the world on the same team working together um, and producing results so yes I absolutely think they can do it again um, can the other teams find a way around it uh, it's, it doesn't look likely to me so I think yeah well, I think we'll see exactly the same plan uh, from Yumba Visma today do you think the plan is for Jumbo Visma and Olaf Koy to win all the stages or will they mix it up and let Wout van Aert be the final winner in the end? Yeah, I think, uh, well, the final stage has some more significant climbing that I think that Koy might struggle with a little bit as a sprinter. Um, also, the fact that we've got teams that have come for the GC like Ineos, um, like Bora as well and other teams who will be going for it on stages seven and eight. So I don't think that they'll have it all their own way, but I think they are gonna to have to really bide their time um, and wait for the weekend. Well, you know all about what's going on here, don't you, Katie? So here's Katie's preview from Gould to Beverly, stage three of the Tour of Britain. Third stage of this year's tour, it's 154.7 kilometers through the East Riding of Yorkshire. It's the first time this area has featured in the history of the Tour of Britain. The area has featured in racing quite recently, most recently in fact, at the 2019 World Championships, uh, which finished in Harrogate. So the race will start out in Goul, the city's a port town, the busiest inland port in the country in fact, and the location of Salt and Pepper Pots, a loved landmark among the residents. It's going to travel around the East Riding of Yorkshire through Howden, Market Wayton and Driffield. Then it hits the coast, the riders will pass through Bridlington and then down to Hornsea and then we'll come into Beverly Westwood, which is a green area uh, which should see loads of crowds out, especially with the weather the way it is. It will finish in a sprint, uh, most likely, so we'll look forward to seeing that and see if Olaf Koy can make it three in a row. That's not the only features Along the course, we've got two Category 3 climbs for the riders to tackle today. There's Tothorpe Lane and Langtoft. Both of them are Category 3 rated, uh, which means they're not too tough. And being that they come in the centre of the race, they will not slow down the sprinters enough to prevent them from competing in the bunch sprint at the end. There's also an intermediate sprint, uh, which takes place at Skipsy. And then the race will head towards Beverly for the finish. So given that Harriet got slightly delayed and I was here on my own, I had a bit of time to catch up with some riders ahead of the stage. Here's a bit of a flavour of what was going on. Uh, hi, Mark Donovan. I'm from Cumbria and I'm riding for Q36.5. Hello, my name is Luke Lamperty, uh, Trinity Racing. Well, we're a new team this year, which is, uh, yeah, you don't really get so many of in the whole cycling world. And, yeah, we're Pro Tour, which is one down from the World Tour. The aim is to be World Tour 
in a few years' time. Yeah, it got a bit technical, a bit hectic, but then, to be honest, in the end, it was all right. Uh, the last 600 meters were quite narrow, but it was one line there anyway, so, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it was too bad. And then, yeah, once WOW opened up, we all were just chewing stem in the wheels, so it didn't really matter, did it? But, uh, yeah. Hi, I'm Ben Turner, and I ride for the Ineos Grenadiers. How would you stop Jumbo? Yeah. Oh, that's a good question, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think we're a strong team, actually, and I think when the stages come to us, hopefully in this race we can... Uh, really capitalise on that obviously they've got a fantastic strong team and there's no denying that um, so obviously that's a big challenge but we're up for the challenge we've had these top teams that seem to just dominate every race and uh, especially as a new team yeah you really have to kind of fight for every position well have good luck today so Tobias has just uh, left us and he has indeed put an on your bike sticker on his bike which is just excellent <laughs> marginal gains <laughs> Harry have you still got the sticker? It's on my bike. Uh, uh, I don't know. I didn't check, but it's, it was on there. It was on there from the start. Well, do you know what? I'll give you. A, I'll give you a spare. Case. You made. You because made the, the, pod, the you, made, you made the pod yesterday. Did I? You're in oh, it. The mechanic might have um, took it off. Took it off. On the bottle. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> oh, put it in the bottle. Put your hands together for Jamie Ross Scott, birthday boy today. Sadly, we don't have any cake today, but a stage win would be good. Oh look! Surprise! We have got you a cake! Andy Horsey with us. If I could have dreamt of the weather for today and today's stage, it's, it's just absolutely spot on perfect. I mean, countryside, seaside, there's everything on this stage and I love it. Bit of wind maybe today. Uh, so yeah, predict a bit of wind and then if it doesn't split on the coast, I think it'll be another sprint and uh, yeah, we'll give it another go then. At the end of the day, we don't have a sprinter here and these are sprint days for six days and obviously the weekend is going to suit us much more with the, the group we've got here. And a birthday cake got given out to one of your teammates. Do you, do you get to have any of that? I mean, maybe not before the stage because I feel I think I'd feel a bit sick with a whole bunch of cake in my stomach riding, but maybe for dinner tonight we'll have a little slice, you know. Nice. Why not? Well, uh, best of luck. Your whole team have left you, but I'm sure you can catch up with me before then. Uh, yeah, and all the best. Right, so there's a load of riders. Um, you know, Luke Lamberty looking um, when Trinity racing actually day actually yesterday. Katie uh, did really well, like getting getting right in amongst it. And you know, Luke was seemed disappointed that he only came seventh. But for a British team, Katie, give, give us a bit of context of, of how well they've done against these bigger boys. Yeah, Trinity are they're a real force to be reckoned with. They're under twenty three development team, um, and they always do really really well at the Tour of Britain, and they they take riders around on tour in Europe as well and they do brilliantly and they have a knack for finding the best young talent so Luke Lamperty as Dan told you yesterday I've just been listening to the episode um, he's going to Sudal Quickstep next season so it's clear that they have this knack for identifying great talent um, and they always come here ready to perform on the top stage and, and that's what they've been doing so far which is absolutely brilliant to see Katie, I'd like to ask you to set us a challenge. Have you got anyone that you think we should definitely interview after the race? Is there anyone that you've interviewed before that you think you've got to speak to them? Did challenge it on the first uh, preview show to chat to Nicola Sessler of, of Global Six, and I still maintain he is the guy you want to get on the podcast because he runs his own podcast, so he knows this broadcasting business. He knows how to have a good chat, and he's... Just got a really interesting, like, unique insight on on life in bike racing. He does mountain biking, um, talks uh, with lots of interest about the scene over in Brazil, which is obviously very different from here. Um, 
But the last time we caught up with him, actually, obviously he was very sad because it was raining. But this will be much more up his street in terms of weather. So, yeah, I, I think you should try and find him for a chat if you can. Well, there you go. Yeah, we'll, we'll, take, we'll take on the challenge. Now, um, going back to yesterday, Katie, what were your thoughts on how that sprint finished up and specifically what happened to Tobias Andres in, in amongst it all? Yeah, it, it was hard to watch, to be honest. It looked really a bit brutal. Um, and yeah, as Dan said, the, the road furniture didn't help. Um, but it was slightly weirdly positioned, I think. It's just part and parcel of the racing, unfortunately. Um, I thought it was, I don't know, it's, it's hard to say if it was anyone's fault. Um, and obviously the, the commissaires chose to to go with the light touch and not, and not punish anyone for it. Um, hopefully he's okay today uh, and can carry on with the race. But yeah, for sprinting, especially in town centres, which obviously we have a lot of because that's where you get the fans and you get the infrastructure, but it also comes with the risk. So with the road furniture, and the tight corners and all these kinds of things. So it's, yeah, unfortunately part and parcel of the racing, but hopefully we won't see any more spills today. Well, so Katie, that's your take. Let's hear from the man who was at the heart of it. Thankfully, patched up and ready to go, Tobias Anderson. I don't really blame anyone for what happened yesterday. Um, there was a, a left bend and I, I rode into a free space on the right side, expected the bunch to go to the left, but the, the riders from the left side, they brought it into the right. So. As I was trying to come along, uh, Olaf, there was just no more space and yeah, he couldn't do anything but just trying to keep his wheel and unfortunately, yeah, yeah I couldn't keep it up. Yeah, and, and I suppose the discussion between, between us was that we didn't really need road cones at that point because the cones are there to say don't park, but the road's mm. closed, so you know, it was, there was space. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, it's a bit stupid that they, they keep the cones on the roads when they have it under control and when motorbikes are there, they should already be able to remove the cones. But yesterday, I, I didn't hit the cones, so it was not the cones' mistake. I just, uh, yeah, I was trying to keep it upright and fighting a bit with Olaf, and uh, yeah, got a got a little elbow, so I couldn't I couldn't stay on the bike. Does, does your team or your sporting director do they communicate any of this issue to, to race control or to the other teams or anything? You know, is there any is there any blowback from this? Yeah, yeah. Matt Winston, our coach, he went to the organization straight away. He was uh, angry about the cones being there, and then he wanted to see if anyone had to be disqualified but yeah he got some some clear view from above from the helicopter and you could see that no one was directly involved in the crash so it was not really anyone's fault so you couldn't blame a single person and it was more just a situation so that's Tobias Andresen of DSM Fermanick he has now left the start here in Ghoul the end is in Beverly um, and Katie what's your take we heard from Dan yesterday on Sam Bennett and Dan said that Sam's been one of the, the greatest sprinters ever uh, and the Irishman's kind of not managed to get in the right place with it with his team Bora Hansgrove. Yeah I mean you can see from the results and the fact that he's been like right up there that he's not far off um, but the problem with sprinting is sprinting's a real confidence game um, and when you see sprinters coming into form you see them win like two three stages in a race because when you get that st that streak of confidence, it's hard to break that, um, and it works both ways. So if he knows Coy's in form, he's being led out by Van Aert so well, um, that's going to start to get in Sam Bennett's head, um, and hopefully he can overcome that. Um, he's got Danny Van Poppel, who it, himself is in great form. Um, yeah, he's a, he's ahead of him, isn't he? Uh, technically, the, he is right now. Yeah, ahead of him. He is. he finished ahead yesterday. Um, but obviously the plan will be for Sam, I think, primarily. He'll want to win a stage desperately and, and Van Poppel's there to do that job for him. 
and they might reverse depending on if you know if circumstances change and somebody's out of position then obviously gun popper would sprint but it is all about positioning and because you and Ravisma have got such a strong team they're able to put themselves in the strongest position in those tight corners in those difficult um road situations so it just it's just a case of Bora trying to be in the right place at the right time and and muscle Jumla Visma out of the way essentially so if they can do that who knows uh, Bennett's a great sprinter he's got lots of experience he could well do the job Sani and I caught up with Sam Bennett before the race he sounded a little downbeat but maybe he was just focused and he's definitely ready to get a stage win yeah legs were there yesterday but we just got a little bit boxed in boxed in and uh yeah the lion came too quick so um yeah hopefully third time's a charm but i mean you you know all about sprinting and, and what it's like and what it takes from, from us on the outside it just seems like insane and crazy what was it like on the inside i mean you're trying to judge your effort based on the gradient the, the road surface the wind the corners also you're trying to see who's in front of you who's behind you you're trying to look on your peripheral vision and kind of find out which wheels so which riders behind you to gauge your effort so you're trying to take in a lot of information in a short space of time and if you don't make it in a, in a split second then the moment's gone so it's quite chaotic we saw a crash near the finish line yesterday so hopefully we won't see any today is there any kind of hairy points in the race um, to be honest it's like it's a bit more straightforward when there's more corners because it's easier to, to block and defend uh, places but uh, today with the straight running could be quite hard to, to, to keep your place so it could be quite chaotic tomorrow or today so that was uh, Sam Bennett there we did catch up with one other rider we had jam-packed the start of this episode of On Your Bike full of riders and um, the man we heard from or I'm going to hear from in a moment is Ethan Vernon now um, just before a press record uh, the lovely journalist at one of the BBC's local stations uh, grabbed him and went Vernon have you got a moment and, <laughs> and he just like looked a little bit like surprised and he was like yeah yeah sure didn't correct him or, correct her or anything uh, but I did just quickly whisper to her by the way it, it's Ethan it's Ethan Vernon not Vernon Ethan and said to him you know what you think, you think you've made it Ethan uh, and you haven't um, we'll hear from him in a sec, but uh, before we do that, Katie, you know he's uh, he's one of the older riders, I guess, in this team. What, what's the what's the mission here for this Great Britain team in the Tour of Britain? Yeah, so Great Britain bring uh, a, a bit of a collection, really, of different riders. So they've got Ethan Vernon, who's a great sprinter. Um, yes, he's he's one of the older ones. <laughs> he's only twenty three, but they've got three twenty year olds. <laughs> um, so three really young guys on the team. Um, who are there to help help and learn and, and, and obviously look up to these older guys. And then there's two guys that are a little more seasoned. We've got Ollie Wood, um, who used to ride for the Wib Sun God team, who are no longer with us, unfortunately. Um, he's got lots of experience. And Stevie Williams, who actually is kind of a, an outside bet for GC, really. He's more of a climber. He came third, I think, second or third, I think third at the recent uh, British Nationals. He used to ride for Bahrain Victorious. Um, and he's got loads of experience and we we'll really want to do well on Sunday's stage on Care Seven Mountain. So yeah, I think they'll just come with a mix of, uh, of learning, of sprinting with, with Ethan Vernon and, and going for a bit of a late GC uh, attack on Sunday with Stevie Williams. Can I just say, can we all agree not to mention our ages around the riders if 23 is seen as a veteran rider? Good <laughs> I'll tell you what, Harriet, you should cover women's cycling because that you, you've got your professionals going into their 40s there and, and actually succeeding right up into their 40s. So that's, that makes you feel better because it makes me feel better for sure. <laughs> that's where I'll aim to go, Katie. 
they're young guys, they've not raced much before, so it's about me teaching them as well. Uh, and obviously that's still still developing, so can't expect to get it right first time. Um, oh, Harriet Muckles here. Hi, nice yeah. to meet you. Harriet. You've just got, got stuck in traffic. And I just got a pit, had a pickle in the car park, but I'm here now. The, the guy was letting me try to park next to the team buses. I was like, I'm not a member of a team. It must be such a buzz when people see the GBR. They might not see who you are with your glasses on or whatever, and they see see who you're racing for. It must be a good, 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 good feeling. Yeah, especially that first stage in Manchester. It was my home race, so I think the whole way around, people shout and go on Ethan. And when you race abroad, you don't really have that that much uh, recognition. So uh, to get that here was. Really nice. So that was 23-year-old veteran uh, Ethan Vernon of the Great Britain team. Uh, looking forward to seeing how he does. It's just about time for us to, uh, we're still stuck on this roundabout by the way, uh, as lovely and colourful as it is, we probably need to head towards Beverly. That's the next stop. Alright, Katie, we'll catch up with you soon. Alright, see you soon, have a good day. Hi guys, it's me again. I am bringing you an update from the race. So it's all been very quiet so far. We've had our three-man breakaway up the road, uh, maintaining a gap of just under two minutes, which they held until just after the Category 3 climb, uh, which was won by James Boucher. Um, as predicted, he wasn't contested for the point, so he extends his lead in the King of the Mountains competition after that first climb. Yimba Visma are conspicuously absent from the front of the race. They're taking a little bit of a break from leading, from putting that pressure on. So we've got other teams visible at the front. There was also a really fun moment, a bit of an odd moment, uh, but you, you might say, where we were focusing on a car parked at the side of the road. And it turns out that it's Harry Turnfield's car. Um, he obviously must really like his car because he's brought it along to spectate today. It's been parked artfully at the side of the road um, and he gave it a thumbs up as he went past, which was... Um, a bit weird, but you know, you could ask Harry about that after. For some reason, he really wanted to show that car on the broadcast and it got a fair bit of screen time, so yeah, that worked out well. Um, and anyway, yep, so we're into the second categorised climb of the day and we'll see how that goes and we'll catch up again shortly. Take care, guys. Cool, so just go around into the left and then round. We are actually just behind the media zone. Um, I mean, this, these are the sort of glamorous surroundings that you might expect on a race day. I imagine you'd turn up here with a, with a big hat, Harriet. We're at I, Beverly Racecourse. Absolutely. I love a ladies' day. I love wearing a massive hat. I mean, I feel like I'm definitely underdressed for being here, but isn't it What do you mean? You've got, you, yeah, it's stunning, but you've got, you've got a new part of your outfit now. Got, what, what have you got for you? I've got a gorgeous, are we going to call it a press bib, a media yeah, it's bib? A, it's a blue a blue bib. It's like a tabard. It's like when you used to play netball in primary school. <laughs> that, <laughs> it doesn't stink of BO though. <laughs> True. 17 people haven't already worn it that day and passed it over. It's just, fresh. Ooh. It's crispy fresh. Yeah, we've just stepped out now. Um, we're still just behind the race finish. But, I mean, you you'll feel, feel wind. it. This wind. It, this is, I think this is the definition of a crosswind. Definitely. I mean, 
quite a few of the riders mentioned it earlier on and you can really feel the wind. I'm quite glad actually because it's boiling hot. Do you know what, they're missing a trick here. Why not have the finish? What about a grass finish? I honestly thought, <laughs> I was like, is this the finish line? Can you imagine, just like they're hurtling down on the grass, that'd be great. I mean, I mean, Van Aert would probably still, still with it, wouldn't he, with his cyclocross and all the rest of it. But you know, Pidcock would be up there. Pidcock would definitely, I was thinking Pidcock before you said that. Um, it's all happening though, isn't it? It seems like there's a me mega vibes going on today. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, uh, we have made a deal to get to the finish and see what's going on. But uh, we've got a big screen just back in the media zone. Well, I'm going to get my tablet, my, my app up and running now. But let's catch up with Katie and find out what exactly has been happening whilst uh, you've been getting that lovely blue tabard. Hi guys, good to hear you've made it to Beverly. Uh, wrong kind of race course, I think you need to get back out onto the road to catch the finish. You've still got a while to go, don't worry, plenty of time. Uh, you've called me a good time actually, it's 50 kilometres to go, we've literally just passed through that mark. And the, pe the heat's on a little bit, the peloton upped the pace um, a short while ago. And the gap to the breakaway has been coming down fast. So last time I spoke to you, they were just heading up the final, well, the second and only, well, there's only two climbs of the day. So the second climb of the day, which was again won by James Fouché. So he extends his lead and will keep the King of the Mountains jersey into the next stage, of course. So, yes, uh, from that point onwards... The peloton started to pick up the pace and they've been reeling the breakaway in slowly, slowly to the point where actually they've sort of eased off the gas again a little bit just because they think they were catching them too quickly. Um, and obviously there's a danger that if they catch them too quickly with so far still to race, it opens the race wide. It, the race is wide open again, essentially, and anything could happen. Attacks could come and it's a much more dangerous situation. So it benefits the likes of Yumbo Visma to keep the breakaway out dangling at that gap um, for now otherwise they are forced to control the pace and stop uh, other late breakaways going and obviously much stronger riders might think about taking their chances especially with the race situation as it is anywho 50 kilometers to go we have a 17 second gap at the moment so it's pretty close. I don't know how long they're going to let them dangle out there before they catch them, but I think they're going to try and hold off from catching them for as long as possible. Uh, let's see how it turns out. So you're in for a little bit of a wait. Uh, they should be with you in probably about an hour, I'd say. Um, Take care. Harriet, it appears we're in a music festival. I'm loving it. It's really, really packed with cool vibes. We've got all the music going on. We've got a massive screen. This is, and this everybody's is a, just sat down having a picnic, and I can see a Love Hog Roast van as well. Yeah, oh god, yeah, actual food vans. I mean, we are we've we've looked out here. Um, hey, just imagine if it was raining. I'm really glad it's not raining. I mean, this would just be a mud, a mud pool like in the Vuelta. Oh yeah, it'd be so. And th and this would be a scene of utter depression. Uh, but yeah, this is great. This is great. And they can see. Let's look at the race. So the peloton are 20 seconds behind the breakaway at the moment. Uh, there's a lot of the hurtling along, another 47.1 kilometers to go. So, still the same three lads in the breakaway. Yeah, uh, so um, it looks like we're all good for now. So we're gonna, we're gonna make sure we have a good position. But it's an uphill finish. I mean, they'll all be out of the seats anyway, sprinting up this, but it looks good. We gotta figure out, we gotta figure out where we wanna be. Uh, against Tanfield, uh, but Tanfield snuck around the side of him, uh, the blind side of Bushy, and Bushy didn't realise that Tanfield was ahead of him, 
There's a massive st drag queen, st drag queen stilt walker over there. No, it's not. It's not drag. Just very. Just very flamboyantly dressed. Uh, yeah, technically, you're on a shotgun mic and I'm on a commentator mic. Um, and we are going to get right in the mix and see if this works, and if not, then whatever. What it means, Harriet, when we're on the finish line, you can point that right at the riders, and it'll even to the everything. mouths. We might be able to get something. That would be cool. So we are now just beyond the start line. Uh, we have switched microphones, so I hope, this, hope you can hear us okay. Uh, and we've done that because it's going to be so booming, noisy, crazy that uh, this way we might be able to actually talk to you at the same time. Booming, noisy, crazy? Yeah, with all the music and all the people. People are already gathering around the finish line and I think there's still, a, what would you say, 20 minutes to go? Something like that. People are gathering around the finish line, ready for the riders to fly past. There's a guy, I've literally just seen, a guy jump off the roof of a van on a bike. Did you just Excellent. see that? No, I missed that. There. On a bike? Yeah, yeah. Cool. That was so cool. What is it? Oh, right. it does say action sports. Oh, there's a ramp. There's uh, a ramp. Yeah, yeah, that makes a bit more sense. Yeah. Right, let's get ourselves in the mix and see what's going on. Let's go. I've got to stay super close. We're now connected, connected at the hip here. Siamese twins. Hello. Hiya. We've got new mics today. Hi, it's me again. Um, we really have got everything kicking off today. It's crazy. Uh, as predicted, there is another move. Uh, there has been another move. So that's what, what we said uh, with the breakaway being drawn back in. It opens up the race again and Jumbo Visma have lost control of this race. Uh, either on purpose or they're, they're letting it happen and, and they're just kind of seeing how it turns out and letting other teams ride. We have got a breakaway of eight guys. Uh, six went up the road initially, another three or uh, tagged on, or we might have about nine. There's more happening in this section of the race than we've had for the whole race so far. And the race is all over the road. We've got riders getting dropped. We've got riders in the middle. Nobody's controlling the peloton anymore. And we've just dipped under 20 kilometers to go. So in the front group, we have the likes of Niels Pollitt, who is the former German champion. He's really strong um, at doing this kind of thing, a late breakaway. He can ride hard. Uh, he can time trial his way to the finish. We've got Gonzalo Serrano, last year's winner, who has just tried to clip off the front of that group. We've got Jacob Scott from Black Spoke, who used to be at With Sun God. He's always lively at the Tour of Britain. He's really animated in the front group. We've got Ben Turner from Ineos, who's a big, strong rider. And Rasmus Tiller, another strong rider. So we have got lots of power in that front group. They've got 20 seconds over the bunch at the moment. Jumbo Visma don't seem to be panicking about it. They have Nathan van Hooydonk in the front group. So he's there, he's marking the riders. He is riding a little bit, which is unusual, but he's keeping the pace fairly low. So his job in that front group is to just disrupt them, to stop them from getting, or from gaining too big of an advantage. So he will just ride along, try and disrupt, try and slow them down so that his team can catch back on again. So it's really finely poised at the moment and it's very exciting. So get to the screen if you aren't already and see if you can see what's happening. Uh, I, I really can't predict how this one's going to go. Very much in the mix here. 
Hello and welcome to the finish line of stage three of the Tour of Britain. We are right by the finish line in Beverly. Me and Harry are here. Um, and I, I've got my commentary, my Coles lip mic commentary mic, and I'm going to try my best to give us some commentary here, which might go very badly wrong. The fans are all lining up now. They're banging on the boards. The music is booming out. Harriet is alongside me with a stick mic pointing at her people. Are you excited? I'm doing a strategic lunge. <laughs> she's looking, she's looking in between the, the gaps here. So there goes Andy Hawes giving a wave to the crowd. That means we are getting close to a finish. Here comes the Red Race director car. They are coming up the hill now. They're going down the last corner. They have come up the hill and they will be heading our way any moment now. The fans are banging as hard as they can on the boards here. The boards are rocking. Everything's rocking. And here they come. It's Coy. It's Coy powering along. He's been chased by Jimmy Ryder. It's going to be Coy. And Coy crosses the line. And Coy takes it. Both hands in the air. Riders filing through. It's Coy who takes it. They tried and tried to take him on. And yet again, they have been beaten. Olaf Coy makes it a hat trick at Beverly. And I tell you what, Harriet, it was over in a flash. You could have blinked and missed it. They were going that fast. They were going that fast. Just as a couple of riders come through now. One Yumbo rider. Coming through, Nathan Van Hoydonk, who did a great job right at the front. The rest of the riders who haven't been in the chase, who've been working hard in the peloton, but done their bit, riding, leading the riders out, just filing through now. So there you go, there's our top three. It's Olaf Goy who takes it. It's a third stage in a row for the Dutchman. Uh, second in the end was, again, it was Danny Van Poppel. So the rideout man for San Bennett is end up there again. And what a ride from Ethan Verdon of Great Britain, who comes third at this stage. A brilliant run by him. It was so, so fast. It was super exciting being on the finish line. This is the first time where we've properly been there to watch the yeah. pass. And I'm trying to figure out, is it Van Aert or is it... <laughs> is it Van Aert? I'm looking at and it's, uh, is it is it Coy? And I realise it's Coy. And by the time I realise it, it's almost over. So, uh, we are now going to try and get ourselves in the mix to the podium and find out what's going on there. So we are just uh, behind the podium. Uh, even Vernon is busy getting some uh, resupplies. Well, he says fresh up now. I wonder why they always smell great when you come backstage after, and I think they sprayed them with something. Oh, oh this there is you it. go. This is it, because I was like, how do they smell nice when, <laughs> <laughs> when you've just cycled for two and a half hours? What what what's in it? What's in the spray? Just like a cologne. Oh, yeah. oh, it's genuinely just a cologne. Yeah, yeah, it's just so good. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it's screen wash. Chateau, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not screen wash. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was saying, how do they all smell so nice? Well, now we know. Now we know. Now we know. Are, are you ready, Ethan? 
Yeah. Sure, I mean, you, you, you finished like five minutes ago. And we, this, is, this is the tough life. Well, well, uh, Ethan Vernon, brilliant performance. Their third place in the end, was that? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Again, it's not the win. I think as a cyclist, you're only happy when you win. So it's, going, it's getting there. It's getting in the right direction. Like I said earlier, we're, we're learning as a team. And I think, again, we made a step forward on that today. So, you know, at the start of the race, I said how, you know, you're helping bring through the younger riders. I mean, we've kind of called you a veteran almost, but you're, t- you're only 23. Yeah, I've just turned 23 last week. So, yeah, I, w- I don't class myself as an old guy yet. But, uh, <laughs> in cycling terms, maybe nowadays. But no, it's still like these guys, some of them are 18, 19. So in that respect, there's a lot happens in that five year period. So, yeah. We felt the wind today. Did that have an impact on the race? Yeah, it was really strong at the start and we had it, went out to a headwind and I was convinced as soon as we turned it would cause some drama, but as soon as we turned it seemed to have dropped a bit, so uh, it didn't, we, we were expecting crosswinds and it didn't really happen, so uh, yeah, a bit of a disappointment. Really. <laughs> we, we know how like chaotic it can be in the sprints and how it's getting, all the riders are getting everywhere. Uh, look, you, you managed to, to burst through, like, can you just take us, take us out to that final, that final run-in? Yeah, it was chaos, the last 10k, people were attacking and we were... We were, um, yeah, we we missed a few moves, so we were we were out of it until like 5k to go, and then it was just resetting and trying to work out who was there and what we had for 5k, and yeah, I was maybe a bit further back than I'd liked, and then I was fighting for k in the win the whole way up the finishing straight, so obviously that didn't help my legs when I started sprinting, but yeah, I'm happy with my shape. I think if I was on the wheel then, I could have fought for the win. So. And, and those final those final hundred meters. Yeah, just everything. I had. At that point, I I'd spent too much energy in the wind up that finishing straight, so I knew I wasn't I didn't have the legs to win. But I think if I was on the wheel, I could have won. And TV are going to grab you now, but very quickly, you said we said before the race how people see the GB vest and give you a cheer. Did you hear, experience that today? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, along the coast, and uh, yeah, I think everyone they they just come out to watch. All they know is GB. Really, they don't, some of them don't know the professional team. So uh, yeah, I guess we're the home home uh, team. So well, well done. I know you want better than third, but you know a really good run today. Yeah, yeah we'll be backing you for first for the rest of the stages. Yeah, yeah you're our new hero. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for your time. Well, lots of takeaways from our, our chat there with Ethan. Um, first off, you know, first thing he said was third. Yeah, but we'd rather have had. First, you know, but that's that's every pro rider, I guess, and um, yeah, even at 23, he's, he's still thinking of the others, but he's done really well, you know, getting through getting through all them lot. Absolutely, and it was great to hear that he had support, and I found it interesting that he said, you know, not many people know the professional cycling team, so they back Team GB. And when I said to him, you know, take us for that final running, it seemed like chaos. I was talking about the last kilometre, and he said the last 10 kilometres were <laughs> chaos. Quick chat. Yeah, of course. Uh, you can. Hello, Sani, uh, and that's Harriet. We're making a new uh, podcast all about cycling. It's called On Your Bike. Oh, yeah, brilliant. I'll um, go for that one. What, what, can you tell me your name and, and your role? So, I'm, uh, my name's Russell, and I'm what's called a Swanier. Swanier, um, can we get your full name, actually? Can so you? Russell Kingston. Should we do that again? Yeah. So, yeah, Russell Kingston, and I'm a Swanier. Um, so, uh, the French translation of that, well, I, I, I think it's like a care or something, yeah, isn't it? Is, exactly that, is that the right. word? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So, other than spraying Ethan Vernon with. with Screenwash slash cologne, <laughs> but what, what's your main role? Basically, I look after the riders. Kind of the best analogy, I think, if you think of the mechanic looks after the bikes, the carer or the swanier kind of looks after the riders and just makes sure they got everything they need to be able to pedal the bike and win a bike race. Basically, do the riders all have a different one yet? Uh, no. Personal, like a PA? No. Um, no, I mean, some of the bigger teams they might have, you know, some of the big big names might have their preferred carer that looks after them all year. 
Um, but you know, certainly the smaller teams, you know, we've got two two Swaniers between sort of six riders. This, you know, this I'm imagining F1, you know, when they're walking around uh, with yeah, their yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not quite like that, but yeah. And how much do you end up doing stuff that wouldn't quite be in the job description? How much are you like, you know, properly like being a bit, a, a bit of a Can you care? buy my girlfriend no. flowers? I've forgotten our anniversary <laughs> type thing. Not, probably 90% of what I do is probably kind of, you know, everybody thinks you've got to be, a, you know, an osteo or a physio or a sports therapist to do this job because it's kind of really, that's really important, obviously, you know, the recovery for the massage and such like in the evenings. but. You know, it's everything else that goes with that from you know, nutrition and, and, and feeding and just running them around as well you know um, spend a lot of time driving um, and how did how did you become a spawn yet oh, well, I think I got my first break about seven or eight years ago with a team called Madison Genesis and uh, with a guy called Roger Hammond who's now DS for DS manager for um, Ineos so he gave me the opportunity yeah probably about seven or eight years ago and uh, yeah uh, that was that was my start well I know uh, Ethan I think he, I think he's ready to go I think are, are you ready to go are you, oh he's, he's got a, yeah, the old podium <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, I just hate it when you get interrupted by having to go on a podium <laughs> what do you do with the flowers there you guys can have them if you like. Oh, yeah, we'll have Are them. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Look at I this. Need a pick. <laughs> <laughs> this is see, like see that, of my that's life. the difference between a man who steeps in radio and, and someone who knows that knows it's all about. But you're not getting I, in I, it. I want no, I can't unlock you. I don't. I'm, I want the So, hi, my name's Sally. I'm Harriet Swanier. <laughs> Where's your camera? Oh, there it is. Organise your phone. Hang on, hang on. Oh, look, look. Yeah, you can take one with us, yeah. Come on. Nice one, Ethan. We'll see you. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll probably see you tomorrow and the day after. Enjoy. Thank you. So I know yesterday you said you wanted that hat trick and you managed to achieve it. How do you feel? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pretty special to uh, to to win three stages in a row. I think, uh, yeah, yeah. You never get used to winning, so it's always nice to to win again. I know there was a bit in the middle of the race where potentially it didn't go your way and you maybe lost a bit of control of the race. Was that part of the plan? No, I think, uh, yeah. We, we wanted to split it, but it didn't happen. And then, yeah, we actually, uh, yeah, some guys uh, got away and then, yeah, we had to chase, but uh, yeah, in the end, all good. Is the plan for the whole time for Wout to lead you out? Yeah, if we if we go to a bunch print, then, then yes. But uh, yeah, of course, there will be uh, also some other opportunities uh, or some other scenarios where, where it won't be a bunch print, especially in this uh, final weekend. Thank you so much. So we're just at the finish line, but it's a totally different vibe from where we were, what, an hour ago? Yeah, we're, 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 we're sat on the road, cow, cowered behind uh, one of the barriers, getting a little bit of shade, like, a, like an overheating lizard or something. Yeah, everything's packing away as usual. We're here right to the dying end, but today has been such an exciting day. Katie, you are never going to guess what. So, for one of Sunny's questions, he was like, Ethan, what do you do with your flowers when, um, like, on the bus? And then he was like, "You can have them if you like," and gave me his flowers off the podium. <gasps> oh my goodness! Oh, what a gentleman! That is how, so nice. How exciting! Is that? 
<laughs> so you've had a nice afternoon then? Yes, it's been lovely. And um, we got Olaf Koy. Luckily, we managed to grab him because everybody wanted him today. I think there was a lot more journalists because uh, cycling's quite popular in Yorkshire. And I said to him, you know, you did lose control of the race slightly. I mean, was that the plan? And he was just like, no, that wasn't the plan. But we managed to bring it back. Let's focus on the action. Katie, you were back at On Your Bike HQ. Um, We were on the finish line in amongst the chaos the, the booming techno was going. Um, give, give us a bit of, a, of an overview. How did, you, how did you find today's race? Yeah, so obviously I've given you a few updates along the route and it's, it's been a fun day because it didn't go according to script for Jumbo Visma. It didn't. It wasn't a carbon copy of the last two days as everyone had expected it to be because some of the other teams decided to try something different and that's what we want to see. Um, when you've got very similar days day in day out it's it's really important to try something and, and people often aren't aren't brave enough to and today a few teams really did try something which was awesome um so in the end it came down to that sprint and although it it was different today katie we again <laughs> had the same outcome didn't we <laughs> same but different yeah so it was it was like a race of truth today i thought it felt a bit like because in these other days we've had these tight corners that have meant that Jumbo Visma have had to get in the front, position themselves, and they've done that to perfection. But today, they didn't have the positioning to worry about so much. So they actually had to rely on pure speed. So it was more like a drag race. Um, And any other sprinters who wanted to go could get in the wheels and have a go. And they did have a go. And to be fair, they got Danny Van Poppel got a little bit closer this time. Um, And... and it ended up in the same with the same outcome with Olaf Koy but but I I think that was that would have been the hardest one and I'm sure I imagine he would have said the same because he had to sprint from a long long way out there is that recorders it's not recorders no the 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 winding down the finish line but it just sounds like oh right (laughs) it sounds like a bunch of kids blowing into recorders yeah I can't describe what they're doing but they're like winding cranks so it's like bringing down the finish line but it sounds right. it does sound like a group of kids that's playing funny. recorder it sounds like me playing the recorder <laughs> yeah. in year one Excellent. i wasn't Excellent. talented that's what we want the sound of recorders on on your bike <laughs> we haven't spoken a lot katie on this tour about movistar they've, they've not quite been in the mix even though Matt's cancer uh, has is there or thereabouts on on the gc um and it looks like they've had a bit of a switch with uh fernando agavria Kaviri, yeah, that's right. We would have expected them to lead with him. Uh, he's a strong sprinter and he would have loved a sprint like today because Fernando Gaviria is a sprinter who loves a long drag. He likes to go from a really long way out. Um, but I think he's. I think he must have crashed reading between the lines. He seems to be carrying a bit of an injury or something. So they've switched. Uh, Max Cantor's leading for them and they got him into third uh, on the day oh hang on no third on gc now he is he was fourth on the day um however they've also interestingly got uh their last year's winner gonzalo serrano in eighth on gc now so he's working his way up slowly as well he had a little go in the breakaway today tried to break away himself and from that breakaway so um they're definitely here to do something they they were the ones that actually closed the gap to the late breakaway in the end along with Yuma Visma, but they did a lot of the pulling themselves. So, yeah, definitely here to, to not to, just to be part of the scenery. So, yeah, so, so Olaf Koy...
So well, I've quite not, not really giving anything away. Um, we did discover, Katie, that he gets uh, an Accurist watch for every stage win, one of the sponsors. So he's now got three. Uh, we've got to find out what he's doing with them all because he'll go full flavor flav um, otherwise. <laughs> or isn't it Lewis Hamilton wears several watches at the same time? Yeah, are they all set to different times? Or is he like, Maybe you know... different time zones, I don't know, but he definitely does wear more than one watch. Uh, he probably, in fact, you know what he could do? Like, you could have so many watches, you know, and you just can't be bothered to change the, the clocks for BST and GMT. You just have one watch as your summer watch and one as your winter watch. Just have it that way around. Maybe, though, he has one at GB time and then one where the race is. Yeah, even if it's even if yeah. it's like in the same yeah, oh, country. Singapore, here we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll find out about the watches. The other thing, right? So after Olaf Coy's first win, Katie, we Harriet Harriet was the one to notice that he smelt really nice. How has he done all that and and he smells really good? Because I'm stood here and it's boiling and I smell questionable. So how does he smell that good? And then. After the race, we saw Ethan Vernon being sprayed in Cologne, but it was like a massive disinfectant bottle <laughs> of body spray that he was getting sprayed with, so he smelt nice. Yeah, Kate, did, is, did you know this was a thing? You know, you're, you're a hardened cycling uh, a veteran journalist. I had no idea, and this is brand new information. <laughs> I'm absolutely here for it. That's hilarious. <laughs> That I mean, this is what I'm bringing bringing to the podcast. You know, you might not know these things, but we get free flowers and perfect smelling cyclists. I, w- I wish we had smell like smell vision or some equivalent, because I, I w- I'd love to be there to inhale the the, the sweet scent of Ethan Vernon. Well, you know, you, you know, I, I, I make a point of, of you being a bit more glam than me, Harriet. I mean, can you describe the scents there? I would like to say that the scent was different. So the Jumbo Visma scent, actually, you know what I think it smells like? This is really random. You know the thing that they smell in, they spray in bowling shoes? That spray. That's what Jumbo Visma smell like. Um, but um, Ethan Vernon smelled nicer than that. So they smelled a bit like Pine Fresh. Um, and Ethan Vernon smelled more, I'd say, vanilla. Right. He, he was he was it was a bit so more you... normal smelling. Okay, so you smell no, like a are basically furniture polish. Yeah. They're, they're, they're polishing them Pine to fresh. make sure they're extra shiny after the stage. Right. Well, do you know what? It seems to be working for them. So maybe we should all spray a bit of pine fresh. As they are packing away, I'm just going to stand up out of the out of the shade actually and just have a look. How's the rest of the the stage looking? I can see. Oh yeah, the whole thing's coming down. Uh, we're one of a few barriers remaining. So we better we better uh, get hitting the road. So this has been on your bike. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, I'm going to keep saying it, so you might as well just do it. Uh, Five stars, wherever you get your podcasts, and a review would be great. Get in touch with us as well. I've got loads of people uh, that I need to give a shout out to, and I will do that in the next episode. Hashtag on your bike pod if you want to give us a shout. And also, if you have turned your back against uh, Mr. Musk, then you can actually send us an email onyourbikepod at gmail.com. So you give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you, and we will uh, cover them all cover all the bases next time uh, this has been On Your Bike I have been Sani Rudrabadula I've been Harriet Muckle and I've been Katie Magic and uh, I should also say hello to Red Walters he haven't heard from today he's had a bit of food poisoning on the tour uh, but he is in our thoughts and uh, yeah looking forward to hearing from him soon it's been great to have you back Katie oh, it's been great to be back <laughs> good to be part of the crew again On Your Bike returns tomorrow from Sherwood to Newark
On Your Bike is a Sandpod production.